Hello and welcome to this final boss fight audio podcast of Masks of Nyarlathotep, where a group of intrepid investigators face ancient horrors and global conspiracies as dark schemes herald the end of the world. My name is Jeff and I am the keeper of arcane lore for this campaign. So, without any further delay, let us begin. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Final Boss Fight. I think that's my thing now, doing this stretched out arms and coming in like that. John does his like, hello, 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 hello. I think this is, I think this is my way of doing it. Anyway, my name is Jeff, and I will be, again be the Keeper of Arcane Law for this evening, also known as the Keeper. And I am joined by our regular crew of um, intrepid investigators, I also say. We have tonight, we have Patrick... Hello, I'm Patrick, playing Gideon Faust, socialite and photography nerd. We have Ben, the quest giver. Hello, I am Ben, I am going to be playing tonight Denver Smith, ex-army pad, an ancient trap on the field under a lot of dosage. We have Brian. Hello, I'm Brian and I'll be playing Tim Sullivan. Archaeologist. Robin. Hi, I'm Robin, and I'll be playing Flintlock, who is a bit of a wild man and big game hunter. And last but by no means least, Kieran. Hello, I'm Kieran. I'm going to be playing uh, Professor Eckhart Nett. He is a psychology professor at the Miskatonic University, and he doesn't believe in any of this nonsense. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, let's begin. So, three years ago, you, part of investigators, along with Dr. Reinhardt Bauer, not Professor Eckhart Metz, but Reinhardt Bauer. Oops. Before I do that, oh, I'm going to read this out. I wonder if it's possible to annoy Jeff as much as I annoy John. I suppose this question came to me a long time ago. Well, not that long ago. In fact, since I beat up the Twitch and they told me I've been something for 33 months. I mean, fancy that, 33 months. You can do a lot with 33 months. If given the um, if given the right opportunity and a few lucky peeps and plenty of hard work and harder playtime. But I digress. Is it possible to annoy Jeff as much as John? I mean, it's a question. It's a long time, huh? And that is the recap for this evening. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben, Yay. for subscribing. Subscribing for 30 months. <laughs> um, so, a party of intrepid investigators, similar to this party, in fact, most of this party, in 1921 <laughs> helped Jackson Elias um, uncover a. Well, it's not so much a cult, it's more of a, um, a group, well, let's call it a cult, of vampire fat sucking A hive, that's a good word, of vampire fat sucking creatures in Peru. They eliminated the threat, um, and they got very wealthy out of it. You got some treasure out of it from the um, from the pyramid. Um, for more details, please go and watch the previous four episodes because they are amazing. Seriously, even though I do say so myself. Um, but now it is 1923. It is two years, two and a bit years, say two and a half years since that fateful event. What have you all been up to in that time? Let's start with um, Robin. What has Flintlock been up to since 1921? Um, he's been definitely uh, doing... Um, he's been kind of teaching himself how to dodge by getting into uh, a lot of barroom brawls and not attacking back. 
Nice, nice. Um, and just basically, when he hasn't been doing that, trying to avoid the cities as much as possible. Hmm. Um, Brian, he's got a, a new he's got a new Jaguar pelt, which he's going to give to Denver Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> Brian, what has Tim Sullivan been up to in the past uh, two and a half years? Oh, he's been out and about. He's been home in Nova Scotia. He spent a good portion of 1922 in Egypt. Uh, uh, with uh, one Howard Carter may have met another certain uh, individual, if you get my meaning. Yep, yep. Crossover. Crossover, everybody. <laughs> no, Edward Beatty, not the mummy. <laughs> Edward Beatty from the Horror on the Orient Express campaign. Oh, cool. And Ben, what has um, Denver Smith been up to these past two and a half years? Well, I tried to slow down for a bit and tried to write my first book. Uh, Denver Smith and the Buried Pyramid. But I'm struggling, I'm struggling. I, I can't even seem to get the words just right. Uh, kind of lucky that our old friends got back in touch again. All right, can it could be a divine judgment of some kind to let me go back and learn a little bit from a writing master. And well, at least it would be. Patrick. What's his Gideon Faust been up to? Well, Gideon has been having quite a tough time of things in recent days. His return to London was not with the photographic evidence of the supernatural, was not met with the open arms and open minds which he uh, may perhaps optimistically hoped for. His uh, irrefutable evidence was derided by the wider uh, scientific community, which... Uh, rather caused him to uh, storm from the city in outrage. He uh, emigrated to New York, where he has opened a photography studio, and uh, continues to work on uh, new photo photographic prototypes, and is looking for further opportunities to document the unnatural. Very good. And Kieran, tell us a little bit about Professor Metz. Uh, Professor Metz? is Dr. Bauer's significant person. Um, he is from Berlin. He emigrated to America about a decade ago um, in around 1913. Um, he moved to America, specifically to Miskatonic, because he is fascinated by why people believe in things like ghosts and gods and why do we have faith basically um and why do we believe things that there is no real evidence for so that's been the bulk of his research the psychology department maybe just keeps him around as like hey see we have we have a, a skeptic <laughs> <laughs> brilliant we're going to start with um, you, actually, Professor Metz, Professor Eckhart. Um, it's probably a normal day in the Miskatonic University. You've got like your papers from your students to grade. And then in the mail, a telegram arrives. And I'm just going to show this to everybody. 
Professor Metz, would you be able to please read this out? Urgent summons from R. Merriweather. Stop. Unable to attend in person. Stop. Please meet and give whatever assistance is required. Stop. St. Mary's Hospital, Arkham, 2nd of August. Stop. J.E. Which I think and we can assume is Jackson Elias. <laughs> similar, telegrams, okay. similar telegrams have arrived at each of your houses, places where you're staying, accommodation, all from Jackson Elias, all asking you to meet this R. Merriweather at St. Mary's Hospital in Arkham. Um, I didn't put it on here, but the time of the appointment is 1pm. That's the visiting hours at the hospital. So I shall move us over to the Arkham map. There's no locators for this. This is mainly just for visual reference. But um, the hospital, Mary's Hospital, is um, next to the university. So if you scroll down the bottom left-hand corner, you've got a close-up of Miskatonic campus. And... St. Mary's Hospital is next to the university. So. Oh my god. That's Lovecraft's face. What's the hell, French? Actually, that's good. That's a better observation than uh, that's Lovecraft's face. <laughs> Two equally perplexing mysteries. So. Professor Metz, you arrive at the hospital at the appointed hour and you meet these four people you don't know. They obviously know each other, but you don't really know them. Um, probably that it's possible that Dr. Reinhardt Bauer told you about his companions in Peru and it's reasonable to assume yeah. that these are those companions. I don't think I met them, but I definitely recognise them. Hmm. Ah, you must be... Um... The, the compatriots of uh, Reinhardt, is that right? Oh, you know Reinhardt. Oh, uh, Gideon Faust, a pleasure. He'll shake your hand. Um, Professor Eckhart Metz. Um, I imagine he probably mentioned me. He didn't. I, I, <laughs> I don't recall him doing so, but I'm certain it's not for a lack of affection. No. Uh, what, uh, what brings you here? I, I was asked to uh, visit an old friend. Well, I, I think we've all been asked to make a new one. Uh, just holds up a little little telegram. Uh, I received this at my uh, my uh, New York studio, and uh, I uh, decided to give it a little uh, investigation. And there I was thinking I was special. Pleasure <laughs> to meet you all. How oh, the cursed thing ended up in my shack in the woods in the middle of nowhere, I have no idea. <laughs> now that is a mystery. Mm. It's, um... but then again, they're all things we've seen. Is that too far-fetched? Is um, Flint wearing his Jaguar hood? He always wears it, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. And he's handed uh, the spare over to Denver. Is he still in, like, <laughs> Peruvian survival gear? Oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. And you can see he's looking as grumpy and just nervous as he ever is when you're in a city. Or in civilization. 
<laughs> I didn't get you nothing. <laughs> uh, you were eyeing up mine uh, in our trips to Peru. Oh, you saw that, eh? <laughs> well, I'll have to get you something pretty, too. <laughs> oh. As you all make your introductions to each other, um, mm. a nurse arrives and says, Oh, you must be here to see uh, Mr. Merriweather. Could you could you follow me, please? Um, th I must ask you to please be quiet. He's not in a good way. And she leads you to a door. It's a private ward. She opens the door. And you look inside, and there's a single bed in the room with, like, a um, stand, a, a little cupboard. And in this bed, there's a rather stricken old man lying back, breathing, wheezing more, and coughing occasionally. Um... Eckhart, you recognise this as Rupert Merriweather, your old university friend? Uh, I, I imagine we, 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 we tread in the same circle. Um, of course, yep. Yeah. Also in the room, um, holding his hand, you see a, a woman, looks to be in her 60s. Um, Eckhart, you probably recognise her as his wife, Agnes. And mm -hmm. standing off in one corner near the door is arms folded, um, man in his mid thirties. Again, you recognise his son Bertrand. Sorry, what was his wife's name? Agnes. Agnes. Agnes, Agnes and his Bertrand. son's name is Bertrand. Mm -hmm. The nurse opens the door and says, um, "Excuse me, Mr. Mayweather. The visitors you asked for, they're here to see you." Rupert Merriweather opens his eyes and with difficulty lifts his head off the bed and... Ah, Metz, yes, thank you for coming. Please, please, come in. Um, and your friend as well. Oh, I was hoping uh, Jackson and Elias would be with you, but um, I suppose he is off on one of his travels. Um, mm. Never mind, never mind, there is no time. Please, please, all of you, come in. Uh, my dear, would you please wait outside? I have some uh, matters to discuss in private. Uh, Bertrand, um, I won't be too long. I'm sorry about this. And his wife, Agnes, stands up, still wiping tears from her eyes, and leaves the ward. Bertrand stands there for a moment, looking like he's going to stay there, but he just, like, grunts and also leaves. As he leaves, he shuts the door... As he leaves, he shuts the door behind him. Mr. Merriweather... As you say, Jack Jackson could not arrive in, uh, in uh, any expediency, but he sent us, his uh, stalwart uh, companions in the exploration of the unknown, to make sure that you could be properly attended to and spoken with. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, it is good that you are here. I am... Um, I have a confession to make and I've not been able to tell anybody else, but Daxon trusts you and I guess that means I must trust you too. I, I am as tight-lipped as any priest. I I suppose I'd better start at the beginning. When I was a, a young man, there I had some fellow students. There were, there were six of us and um, we found a fascination with the occult, with the unknown, the mysterious, and one of us, a man named Marion Allen, he was our leader. He told us that we could 
that we could research this, that we could find ways to find proof of this other world, this mysterious outer world. Between us, we pulled our resources and we purchased an old farmhouse a few miles near here, a place called Ross's Corners. And it was there we could safely conduct our research out of the way of prying eyes. But, and I shudder to say it, our work had unforeseen results. The last time we were out there, our last experiment, we summoned an evil force into this world. We should have tried to expel it, we should have tried to right the wrong, but instead we fled. We abandoned the old house. We thought that the magic that we had put in place to ward the house would keep the evil contained, but... I've discovered that the spells that we put on the house, that Marion put on the house, only last as long as one of our group is left. I am the last of my fellows, and I am soon, I know I am soon to die, and I fear that upon my death this thing will go free and wreak havoc upon the folks around here, maybe even as far, maybe even as, far as Arkham. But I, I cannot go back, I am, as you see I am too ill. I'm too old, I'm too much of a coward to go back to that house. I'm guilty of many things, my friends, but my deepest sin was unleashing that horror that fateful night. I'm convinced that once I'm gone, the entity will escape its confinement. I know it is a lot to ask, but I must ask you to do what I could not, to go to the house and banish this entity. I have some aid I can offer you in the cupboard down there, and he points to the bedside cupboard, is a box containing all the help I can offer. Please take it and banish this thing, make sure our deaths are not in vain. You open the cupboard, you see a metal box inside, probably about a foot square, a foot cube. Just take it, please. Take it and use what you find inside. Clint opens the box. Right there and then. Be looking over your shoulder. As you do so, you catch a quick glimpse of a golden sarcophagus, some books, a book and some papers, but as you open it, Merriweather starts coughing, a spasm takes him, he starts coughing a gout of blood. Blint, he coughs up blood, and as you're near him, he spews all over you. Can you make me a sanity roll, please, Blint? Mm -hmm. Good lord. No sanity loss for that. But then he starts coughing more and more. to yourself, mate. And more and more blood comes up, and he just, like, racks with pain, and just, like, comes back, like, lies back on the bed, wheezing, breathing hard. He's finding it difficult to breathe now. And at this point, the door opens and a doctor and a nurse and a couple of nurses come in, along with his wife, looking very distraught, and his son. I think it's a good time to leave, actually. Hold up. I, I just want to ask one thing. You said you cast a spell. How did you cast that spell? What did you do? He can't. He can't respond to you. He's busy. He's um, coughing and wheezing and 
not long. Let's let's have no more talk of anything related around the soon to be grieving family. Let's hmm? Look. I I appreciate what you're saying, but the other side of things we have no idea what we're about to walk into. Like, actually no, hang on a second, it's sorry. It's probably fine. Grand. Anything magic related, we'll point you at it. <laughs> I think while these guys are mumbling about spells and stuff, uh, Max is, you know, um, saying a, a, a goodbye to um, Rupert and, you know, sort of saying to Agnes, like, oh, you know, you'll have to come over for tea sometime soon and stuff. Just like, you know, chatting with the family. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then possibly getting iced out. So, <laughs> as you are unceremoniously, rather unceremoniously, ushered out of the room, out of the hospital, you do spy a coffee shop nearby the hospital, with looks like a good place to regroup and to gather your thoughts. Yes, that looks ideal. Let's 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 get ourselves good. I, you know. At least this time we have got no blood and cheese in us right now. Alright. Let's go then. Jungle rations for us. See what else happens to be inside that box. So, as you sit down with coffee, tea, perhaps something stronger, um, you open and the box. On this the is a good cafe. <laughs> <laughs> they they know what they the know table. exactly. They know exactly who their clientele are. Um, but they, of course, they, you find out the whiskey is actually inside the coffee because of the course this is prohibition and you can't openly serve serve alcohol. So you find it inside the. In fact, there is this thing that they called. Um, I can't remember if it's about this time. I can't remember what they called them, but it's like these cardboard sandwiches because they some places were able to sell alcohol as long as they sold food. And so they sold these like pl cardboard plastic really tough sandwiches. You wouldn't eat them. You only bought them so you could get the alcohol and then you'd send the sandwich back and they could resell it. Hmm. I wish you'd tell me that before I took the bait. He <laughs> <laughs> um, was eating his and uh, he's just like, oh, I've had worse. <laughs> you open the box and the first thing you see as you open the box is a folded letter. Um, who would like to read this one for me, please? Mm. Uh, I can go for that one. Dear friends, in the years after the nightmarish events that night in my youth, I have seen many strange things. Only now do I begin to grasp the truth of reality and the scope of what is happening in this world. I've tried in my small way to combat the horrors, make amends for my part bringing one to our plane of existence. What I have left to offer, what riches and wealth I have, I will put to good use in dealing with these abominations. It is the very least this old coward can do. I would never make myself go back to that old farmhouse and put those events to rights. I too gravely feared that which my friends and I loosed upon this countryside. 
nothing of consequences has yet taken place. But with my death, I fear the, the bonds will be broken. A very horror free to come and go as it pleases lives not yet taken already way heavy on my conscience. The method of delivering this thing out of this world is still in that accursed house. The translations made by Marion from that book Divermius Mysterious. I was never strong enough to take on the task. But I have hope that you are in reading this world of this. Perhaps you will save my soul from hell. For I fear that my deeds have not been enough to release me from this heavy burden. I do not expect your forgiveness for one I ask of you. Rupert Merriweather. Also bound... Sorry, Karen. <laughs> it's a pity, isn't it, the way that the ailing mind clings to whatever meaning it can give the world around them, uh, even yeah. if it provides no comfort. Oh. Along, <laughs> along with the letter, bound with the letter, you also find a deed to a farm property Boone Road, Ross's Corners, which, as he told you, is a small village a few miles west of Arkham. Is you the also called Rotted Corners? Ross's Corners. Ross, Ross's Corners. Ah. Um, you also find this. A gold sarcophagus. Hmm. For baby pharaohs. About a foot long, um, covered on the outside with Egyptian hieroglyphs. The lid comes off quite easily, and there are strange carvings on the inside. Well, don't open that. Ah, oh, for goodness sake. How are we supposed em- to be telling to death with this? It is empty, however. Um... Anybody who wishes to can make me, let's see, history, archaeology, or occult. Um, history, archaeology, or occult. Please, make me an occult. I have terrible all of those. Nice. Tick oh, those that things. Is, that is a bad success. That is one under. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim Sullivan, I'll take Tim Sullivan's success and I'll take um, Eckhart's success. So, Tim, we'll start with you. The archaeology role. You recognize this, the start of this. You said you've been out in the Valley of the Kings with um, Howard Carter. Mm hmm. Lord Carnarvon. Yeah. You've seen something like this out there. You recognize these hieroglyphs you're not quite sure what they say but you've seen similar in the valley of the kings they seem to uh, relate to the um middle kingdom mm. you can't quite tell much more than that here. you can't quite tell much more than that but yeah you do you these are re- um, relating to the middle kingdom the, perhaps the third dynasty of the egyptian um, pharaohs 
possibly um, someone who knows more about the subjects may be able to shed more light on the matter. Uh, um, Third Dynasty, Medal Kingdom. The first dynasty of the Middle Kingdom was a continuation of the 11th dynasty. I just looked this up to... <laughs> and, uh... Actually, what is... Oh, yeah, Third Dynasty's Old Kingdom. Is that what it actually says in the book? It is. Don't worry too much about it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's possible that something may... It's possible that, um... You do, you do think that's strange, actually. But as I say, someone who may know more about it may be able to shed some light on the matter. Um, Professor Met, the occult role. Again, you've seen carvings on the inside. You've seen carvings like this before in some rather esoteric books. Um, it seems to resemble writings attributed to the lost Pacific continent of Mu. Oh. Again, they are completely incomprehensible to you. These just like, you, yeah, they, remind, they remind you of what you've seen. Same with you, Tim. They, they remind you of what you've seen, of course. I uh, also have a little bit of Latin. Could I see if I know what the Vermis Mysterious means? Mysterious verses, I believe that is. Um, you have heard of this. This is a book that is held in Miskatonic's um, special collection. Ah, okay. Also in the box is a slim diary. And this one is quite a lengthy one, I'm afraid. This one covers a few pages. So, um, Flint, would you be able to read this one for us, please? As I say, there, there are a few pages to this. <clears throat> Okay. Um. <clears throat> February 27th, 1877. Marion Allen has acquired an artifact, purportedly Egyptian. It appears to be a small sarcophagus of gold. Inside is a large piece of amber, which entraps a specimen of some unknown species of arthropod. Alan is very excited as the box corresponds to a description he found in an ordinary reference volume in the university's um, Ume Orn. Orn. Library? Orn. Orn. Library. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Alan says in another book, the Vimil the Miss Mysteris is an explanation of the powers of the box. The text says the small animal trapped in the amber is actually the host to a bound djinn, a guide to the spirit world. Alan says the tomb mentions that originally there were four such pieces of amber contained in the box. There is no mention of what happened to the other three. We are agreed and a date has been set to conduct a ceremony intended to summon the djinn, which Alan assures us will be friendly. We have chosen the night of Saturday, 18th of March, the night before the new moon. <clears throat> March 19th, 1877. We began the uh, ceremony as Alan instructed, according to that described in the Mis Vermis Mysteris. A fire is set in 
in the fireplace and a pentagram chalked on the floor, marked with the appropriate symbols and illuminated by two black tapers placed near the centre, flanking the piece of amber with its entrapped spirit. <clears throat> the others sit in a circle while I, the designated watcher who guards the malevolent spirits, sit in the corner of the room. At least I get the comfort of a chair while the others can look forward to sitting on the floor for hours. Alan throws a handful of powder in the fire, producing an evil-smelling smoke and dampening the flames, which now burn a sputtering green and brown. Those seated on the floor begin the Latin chant Alan has transcribed from his book. After nearly two hours, I see a trail of smoke circling up from the piece of amber. Its surface seems to be bubbling and melting. Can this be? Have we finally achieved success? I can see a form. Diary continues <clears throat> on page two. Um, <clears throat> March 20th, 1877. We have finished with our plans and have sworn a pact never to speak of what happened last night. We have satisfactorily explained the death of poor Robert and in some manner the madness of Harold. The sheriff accepts the explanation of it, uh, of a carriage incident. We planned it well. Robert's neck was broken in the fall, we told him. Harold struck his head on a rock when the horse's leg broke and the carriage ruled. Would it be that it was only that? For the rest of us, we will forever be changed by what we experienced last night. I'll write down the true events so they're not lost completely. The thing that formed in the centre of the pentagram, shapeless and nearly invisible, its terrible voice should have given us a clue, but we were so foolish. It spoke, then Alan cast that damned powder on the gin. The dust of Ibn, Ibn Ghazi, he calls it. And that's when we could see it, all see it clearly. <clears throat> Uh, words cannot adequately describe the faceless thing that's through a thousand moors. It ruled and bubbled, never fully revealing itself at any one time. So terrifying was its aspect that I was frozen in place, my pen falling from my nerveless fingers. Cecil and Alan seemed as lifeless as myself, with a short, sharp cry issued from Crawford's mouth. Robert, however, rose to his feet before anyone could stop him, stepped forward as though to embrace the horrible guest. With its arms, or those appendages that seemed almost like arms, it took hold of poor Robert and twisted his head around as if he were a doll. The lifeless corpse was then thrown back in Harold's lap, and that's when he began to that damnable shrieking. The shrieking hasn't stopped since, even after we handed him over to the sheriff's men. We had still had a chance, apparently. Alan now believes that if we had kept our wits, we could have reversed the summoning and forced the creature back to wherever it came from. But Crawford panicked and mistakenly believing that it would dispel this creature, reached for and destroyed part of the pentagram, breaking the seal and ended in its effectiveness. Released from that binding symbol, the thing with a speech that could only have been unholy satisfaction, was ejected from the house. 
disappearing out the window as a roaring, screaming wind of boiling colours. So carries on to page three. Hmm. You did say it was a lot. Twenty-fourth <laughs> <clears throat> um, <clears throat> of March, eighteen seventy-seven. Alan intends to leave Arkham and travel to find a solution to this crisis. He said that he intends to seek out occult scholars in New Orleans. I pray is successful, but my hopes are not high at this point. He insisted that I be custodian of the gold sarcophagus and not show it to anyone. What's even more odd is that he instructed me to not visit or even live in Boston. I can only guess as to why, as he will not tell me his reasoning apart from his insistence that it's for my own safety. Marion still thinks that the thing could yet be destroyed, or at least dispelled, but none of us who remain have the stomach for such an undertaking. I hope you can find a way to safely banish it without another of us falling into its malevolent grip. March 26, 1877 <clears throat> We now believe that the spell we cast to summon it in extricably bound the thing to the house. Alan went back this morning to retrieve some of our belongings and store our ritual accoutrements. <clears throat> he says that he heard it bumping around in the attic over his head, cursing him all the while. He said that it also told him that it only has to wait us out. When we who were present are all dead, it will roam the earth freely, slaughtering and feasting. Thankfully, the warding signs carved by Alan during better times, times that seem so long ago now, apparently are effective and bar the thing entry except into the attic of the farmhouse. I might be able to sleep a few hours tonight knowing it is bound to the attic and cannot harm anyone else. I am hopeful for the first time since we stupidly released it from the amber. If it told him the truth, then we have time to seek the answer. God be with you in your search, my friend. And the last page, not as long as the others, but last page, page four. Um, <clears throat> October 14th, 1877. I have just discovered that Marion Allen is dead, and has been dead for some months now. He was murdered in New Orleans this past August. I suspect he spoke to the wrong sort of people about things he has seen, and they killed him. The newspaper mentions the sarcophagus, so they might have been after the gold. That is three of us gone now. I must do something. I've already begun ancient history classes at university, so I believe I will try to research the problem at the farmhouse in that manner. Perhaps I will uncover an ancient secret of how to rid the world of this beast in my own way. <clears throat> August 14th, 1877. Brutal murder at docks. New Orleans, the body of Marion Allen, late of Arkham, Massachusetts, was discovered early this morning near the Gulf and Panama docks. A victim of foul play, the man was identified by local witnesses who said that Mr. Allen had been seen in the locale the evening before. Although robbery was the apparent motive, police report that the victim had gruesome marks carved into his forehead and his tongue had been cut out. Mr. Allen had reportedly gone to the police earlier this week, claiming that he was being followed 
that he feared for his life. He said his shadowy pursuers were after an Egyptian artifact which he no longer possessed. Robert Menken, March 1877. Harold Copley, August 1877. Marion Allen, August 7, 1877. Crawford Harris, January 1910. Cecil Jones, March 1919. Rupert Merriweather. Uh, I'm going to take a drink now. <laughs> I don't blame you. As you read that out loud to everybody, um, can you all make me sanity rolls, please? My God, it seems that having to put some sort of folly after yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, those, those of you who pass, don't take any effects. Those of you who fail, it's a 1d2, please. So roll a d2 and subtract that, subtract that from your sanity. Hey, the two sanity lost, Rod. <laughs> On the plus side, there oh, are yeah, some benefits to it. Everybody, everybody can take one point in Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah. And everybody can get a check in the occult skill. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so, it is over to you. How would you like to proceed? This is certainly much more arcane than our previous experiences. I think you'll agree. What's Jackson bloody dragging us into this time? What is so important that he doesn't think this warrants his attention? Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. It's definitely not a tea party. I'm starting to worry. In fact, there might be another element here as well. Was I the only one who noticed about the mysterious deaths? And okay, we've only got some definition about the couple, but the fact that they had people after them, and they mentioned the, the sarcophagus and all, it makes me think that they might be a hunt for that at all. No, well, anything's worth having, there'll be people who want it. I think we, uh... That's true, but going by the last people that were chasing us, I have wonder whether maybe we need to be a bit more wary of the average man. We do not or show this in, uh, unless we are behind a locked door. Exactly what I was thinking, and we're just currently sat down in a cafe. I know started pulling all this stuff out of the box. I would kind of like to take a look around us and see if anyone is actually watching us. Make me a spot hidden, please, Denver. Success. You look around and nobody seems interested. You see students from the university. You see the odd professor having a sneaky drink from the university. Probably Eckhart's probably recognizes a few, but 
Nobody seems particularly interested in you or your party. Right, that's some good. It's just not like a in Peru where you pretty much saw them all over the place. I, I would still like to take precaution. Oh, no, no, no. We're definitely doing that. If you give me the box when we leave, I'll go off in a different direction. And I'll meet you guys back at the hotel in a bit. Try and shake any tails we may have that we haven't spotted. Is there any chance I might have brought a walkie along? Oh, Another sorry? big... A walkie along... Yeah. Yep. In which case, I'll hand you walkie. Say, look, you get an any instinct that something is coming by you. May because I just... you are going to be taking the heat. Done. How do I work this thing? Right. What do you want to do? Before, uh, before, gonna... before we go too far, I just want to check something very quickly. Uh, I'll just say I'm thinking to myself I've made a suggestion and then realised hang on, what time period would they have yet? Yeah, walkie, walkie talkies were invented came about, the patent was granted in 1935, this is 1923 Okay, so well, no I, was, I was like, that doesn't sound right but I don't know enough about walkie talkies to dispute it It's one of those things where <laughs> knowing that we had vehicles, I thought for a second there, my mind was jumping to it but no, yeah. I'll say not quite yet. Not In which case, uh... Right. In which case, I'm going to instead... You go ahead. I'm going to go a different route, but I'm going to try and keep an eye on you. Mm. I'm going to do my best to make you look like I'm not walking with you at all. And being from a side, so if anything goes wrong, or if I see anyone who looks suspicious... Was taking a suspicious interest in you. I am going to be going and trying to find out as much as I can about them. Mm. While you're checking for that, I recommend the rest of us go to the university to see if we can't uh, pick up any of those those notes on that that uh, the, the the vermin book. Uh, mysterious bastards. I yes. think I think during that entire exchange. Um, Eckhart has been staring at you guys like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, oh yeah, he doesn't know what like, are the ramblings he? of a sick old man, what are you doing? <laughs> How much did uh, Dr. Bauer tell you about his uh, sabbatical in Peru? Well, uh, you know, uh, the important things, I suppose. Um, a lot of heat stroke going around, I hear. <laughs> um... Any chance he tell you how to use a gun? I, I haven't uh, held a firearm in a very long time, but um, I'm not bad in a trap. He's literally just turned right to flame. Why does no one get trained how to use a gun anymore? That's <laughs> what we have big, strong men like you for. I'm European. I, but we can only be in so many places. I mean, come on. And right now, you're going to be roaming the streets of Arkham while we take up residence in a dusty, f uh, gun-free library. They're very big and quiet in there, you know. I miss Loretta. We would have thought the same about that museum that we went to on the first day in Peru. That was Peru. <laughs> so, 
with that, we'll start with um, Flint and Denver. Um, as you say, you Denver, Flint, you gather up the box and all its contents, and you're keeping a watchful eye out as you. Yes. It's kind of like these. You're you're trying not to look suspicious, but you're looking suspicious. That sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, like Denver's like shadowing you from the other side of the streets, and um. And as soon as I get any whiff of kind of someone paying attention or following, I'm going to try and like slink off into the shadows. I would say that you think sometimes you see someone like looking at in the wrong direction or just having to look at you too long, but nothing comes of it. Um, they're probably just admiring you. They are just admiring your um, your Jaguar, your Jaguar skin. It's quite unusual for Arkham, mm. actually. Um, but mm. you and Flint managed to make you and Denver managed to make it back to the hotel you're staying in without any incident. Right, good. Professor you keep a good eye on that. I'm going to charge back over to that damn building there off to quiet my ass. <laughs> Professor Eckhart, Professor Eckhart, Tim Sullivan and Gideon Faust, you head to the university library and the university is open for public um, reading at the moment. But um, yeah, you you are shown into the reading room. I think um, on the way... Eckhart is like, so why is it that you want to go get the, the, the mysterious person? Because we're going to be visiting that house in accordance with a dying old man's last wishes, where we will be, for the good of his uh, family, if no one else, performing certain pagan rituals to put some entirely mythical unless i snap a photo spirit to rest <laughs> nothing dangerous or legal we assure you i hadn't thought it was dangerous or illegal until you said that yes well we're not we're not entirely sure yet well luckily um i have a great fondness for rupert despite his um uh, occasional proclivities, so that's uh, then you'll have I'm no... happy enough to go along with this little excursion. I don't know why Jackson thought I uh, I would come along, but he, who can say? Man is something of a mystery. I imagine he knew we'd need someone who knew how to pronounce Latin. Ha! <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. In the in the reading room, um, you commence your search in the history section. Can the three of you please make me library use rolls? Mm -hmm. It was in the. I know it's in the restricted section, right? Yes, but do you have an invisibility cloak to get in there? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm faculty. <laughs> it works like, here. I can just talk to the secretary, can't I? Oh my god! I know how to use a library. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it when we succeed we mark the skill or when we fail? Yeah, it's when you succeed you mark the skill. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Um So we'll say that Eckhart, you wander off in search of a librarian, a handy librarian. Um Tim and Gideon, you don't find De Vermis Mysterious. You find a book on Egyptian history. Mm-hmm. 
and this one looks like it's been used well whereas all the other books well this one's still quite this one's still quite dusty um they're all dusty forget what i forget that um it, but um you do flick through it trying to see if anything looks familiar anything looks like might relate to the sarcophagus and you do find a drawing of the sarcophagus fascinating and nearby you find a short description of it um it says that little is known about this sarcophagus although scholars believe it to have been the position possession of the little known pharaoh nefren Kar, a would-be yeah. usurper of the egyptian throne who lives during the third dynasty of ancient egypt legend has it that the box was given to nefren Kar by the gods and was said to contain gin. <laughs> that could be called upon to enact some form of service. It also states that the box was later owned by the Parkinby Andersons, a British noble family. However, it was stolen in 1871 and has not been seen since. And as you look, you see like faded pencil marks on the page. It looks like mm -hmm. box has been circled, different car has been circled and scribbled over the, um, over the picture of the box. I'm cheating slightly here because I want you to see this. You see this, Tim. Yeah. Could you please read this out? Seeker of wisdom, servant of Uger Sethleth, deliverer of the people of the water, bearer of the spirits of Narloth Hotep, child of Thoth, seeker of wisdom. And mm. you recognize some of the words like water, spirits, servant, and you realize this is the translation of the Egyptian inscription on the box. Well, now, this is helpful. But those <clears throat> don't sound Egyptian, do they? Some of these don't. In fact, thought is actually the Greek version of the god's name. But then some of these words are just flat out alien. Yugur, Yoag, I, I can't make heads or tails of this. Narloth, Otep, I understand, but Narloth. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? <laughs> no. I can't imagine I've, being called that implied conversation, didn't you? I've heard of I've heard of a Sobek Hotep. There were quite a few Almond Hoteps. There was an M Hotep. But Narloth Hotep. Hmm. Was Hotep a family name? Would it just be Narloth? No, Hotep meant uh to be satisfied. Hmm. And paired together with another word would mean so is so is satisfied. Al Amenhotep meant Amen is satisfied. Amenhotep would mean Amen is satisfied. That Amen was a god. As was Sobek, but I'm not entirely sure about Imhotep. Or Narloth. Yes. Well, maybe so we can ask it in person. Hmm? Yes, some um, unknown god, which I'm not sure I want to know. 
Can't be anything pleasant, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, Let's go see how Eckhart's doing about that secretary. <laughs> Eckhart, you find a wandering librarian. You hunt down a wandering librarian and shoot it, and it's in its leg. No, you don't. Um, yes. Um, oh, <laughs> Professor Metz um, didn't expect to see you here this evening. Um, I, I, is there anything wrong? Can I, can I help you with anything? Um, are you looking for a book or anything? Uh, what's what's this librarian's name? Jennifer. I was literally thinking of the name Jennifer. Um, <laughs> yes, Jennifer. Um, I'm looking for uh, a book that uh, is in the restricted section. Um, I'm doing some research for an old friend. Um, and I'm, I'm looking for uh, a specific text. Uh, I know that we have it. Can I? I, I know that you've got the keys. Um, oh, um I'm sorry, Professor Metz. Um, the restricted section is under the charge of Professor Henry Armitage. Um, he's the only one who can give permission to look in there. I'm sorry, you'll have to clear oh. it with him first. Oh, of course. Uh, my apologies. It's been a while since I've been in there. Um, a couple of years. I, I don't have much cause for this, of course. Um, what sort of time is it? We're talking like evening, like 6 o'clock in the evening, 7 o'clock okay. in the evening. So well, it's just... be a bit late for um. Oh no, I, th I think he might be in his. Sure. I think he might be in his in the in the office um right now, just um just down the corridor. Um, he oh. does tend to. He is staying quite late these evenings. We're we're quite worried about him. Yes, that does sound like him. Well, um, thank you so much, Jennifer. I will I will uh, go and speak to um, Henry. <laughs> of course, yes, <laughs> anything. <laughs> Giggles and. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, uh, I will, I will go and, uh, knock on Henry Armitage's door. What? I said I wasn't to be disturbed. Who is it? Uh, go, go away. Sorry, Henry, it's, uh, Eckhart Met. Um, Met. may I? Met. What, what do you want, Metz? I'm, I'm busy, I'm in the middle of something. Um, well, I just sort of, like... Speaking to a closed door. Uh, well, I was hoping to get uh, brief access to the restricted section. I'm doing some research. Oh, you better come in, Metz, and close the door behind you. Yes, sir. Um, I'll go in and close the door behind me. And you look, and the desk is just like covered with papers, handwritten papers, with one or two very, very thick, very, very old tomes open at various places on the desk. It looks like Armitage hasn't slept for days. Oh my God, Henry, what's all this? This, uh, this is research I'm doing. Um, you, you, you haven't read the papers, haven't you? You don't know what's happening in Dunwich, do you? Um, never mind. Never, never mind. Um, what is it? Be, be quick. Be quick, man. Uh, I'm doing some research. I need brief access to the restricted section just to have a look at a specific text. Um, what? book do you want to see? Uh, the Mysterious versus the Vermis Mysterious. The Vermis Mysterious? That's the one. No. No, I can't, ah. I can't let anybody, I can't let anybody, anybody looking, look at those books. That's dangerous knowledge, Mets. Better that people don't know about it, that people don't know. Henry? 
you know of anyone, I'm not going to get caught up in this uh, occult stuff. Um, do I know uh, Henry Armitage? Is he is he a believer or? You know him to be a man of science, or at least you knew him to be a man okay. of science. But make me okay. a psychology make me a psychology role as you look at him. <laughs> That's a fail. He's pale. His ha- his mm. hair beard is like he looks like he hasn't slept for days. His hair is all over the place. He looks like his eyes dart around. You can't get a read on him, but this is seems different than the man you you know. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, Mets. I my, that's my final word. I cannot allow anybody else into the restricted section. Anybody else? Oh, you don't know, do you? I'm sure you. I'm sure you heard. We had a break in um a while ago. Someone tried to steal one of the books in the restricted section. Oh yeah. Um. Was it recovered? He was killed in the attempt. Ah, well, what's the problem then? The books in there, they're not... They're not wholesome. They're not fit for people to read. I'm sorry, Mets. I can't allow anybody to see them. Henry, you, as am I, are a man of science. Therefore, I'm a little confused about where this is coming from. These are books of uh, faith, belief. They are not. They have no bearing on the world beyond our own psychology. I'm. I promise you, I'm. I'm not going to get. Uh, I'm not going to lose my mind. He gives you. He looks at you, and you see that he's not going to change his mind at all. I'll I'll say this: You don't need the vermis for this scenario. <laughs> Fine. Um, I mean, either way, uh, it's like, well, I try. Um, well, um, if you're absolutely sure, you need to. Uh, you know, you're looking a little pale. Um, this might be good for you to go out, take some air. Um, when was the last time you, you know, went for a nice walk? Can't. I can't stop. I have to. I have to carry on. The a lot depends on it. You have to carry on with what? And he's like, just like, like, starts, you know, please, please, please leave, please. Okay, but um, I will come by tomorrow. If you look like you haven't slept and you haven't gone outside, I will be booking in an appointment. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever, please, please, please leave me. Okay. And I'll uh, head out, and I will put the door behind me um, quietly. And it's probably about this time that um, Denver Smith, you, out, probably slightly out of breath, you hurry to the library and. <sighs> I've got to stop drumming while I'm injured. <laughs> right, right. Where is everyone? Um, Tim and sorry, Tim and Gideon sorry, are in the. I was just going to like to say, um, in the hotel, Flint has locked the hotel room door, and he's got Loretta just pointed at it. Nice. Go on. Sorry, sorry about the same. Sorry about the same. 
that's absolutely fine. I, lo- I, lo- I love the image. I'll be honest. I do love the image. Um, so Gideon and Tim have just like found their found their book and probably bump into Mets defeated coming from Ar- um, Armitage's office. And Denver, this is probably about the time that you meet up with them. Hmm. Uh, there you are. Right. So, what we found? Oh, lots. Eckhart was just going to go and get the uh, the ancient book in question, but we found lots of information about the sarcophagus itself. And a translation. Yes, lots of lots of stuff. Excellent. We'll hold that till we get back to the hotel. Uh, Eckhart, your, uh, your hands seem to be a bit empty there. Unfortunately, we are not going to um, get access to the restricted section at this time. The... Um... It, it's all bureaucracy, you know, and uh, bureaucracy. Our, yeah, and the uh, gentleman who um, would possibly be able to give me access is currently refusing to give me access. Uh, you know, just uh, office politics. I'm quite good at office politics. Who might this be? Uh, you're. Are, are you sure you're not referring to barroom politics? <laughs> I could be quite persuasive either way. You're quite persuasive in ways that means people can't stand up afterwards, yes. <laughs> I I think I'm more suited to these kinds of delicate situations. Alright, I tell you what, I tell you what. I'm gonna give you a chance. I'm a fair man. If you think you can go ahead and do better, you go ahead, you do it delicate. You but if it doesn't you get any results. And he stood right behind you, waiting. You All right. Ask me to shoot my way out through a pack of no banditos, I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm not going to ask you to do that. That's what I'm there for. Like you said earlier. With respect, Gideon, I'm a faculty member. What makes you think that you're going to be able to talk your way in? You are not even a student here. But I am a people person. It's true. Okay. I've seen him sweet talk before. A qualification yeah, that indeed. no one can study for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are different ways of studying. Right. After you, Gideon. Uh, which, which way is his office? Just over there. Thank you so much. Ah, good. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. What was his first name again? Oh, uh, uh, Henry Armitage. Henry. 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 I'm ready. Armitage. <laughs> he sort of knocked on the door. Henry, I have important news for you. No answer from inside. I'll make my, I'll, I'll make my own way in. And uh, just sort of let myself into the office. Well... Who are you? Ah, Henry Armitage, the great Henry Armitage. I've heard a lot about you from Jackson Elias. Uh, I'm Gideon Faust. Uh, out, 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 out. I very much appreciate that you out. want uh, some privacy during these difficult times, but it really is very vital that we get access to that book. Out. Nope. But nope. Back away, I'm, not having anything to, I'm not having anything to do with Jackson Elias. Out. No, nope. I have photos. I have, the... The... I have photos of each people. <laughs> I have nope. the door. I've stepped in with the door closed. 
We are all free in this room. I'm, at this point, I'm outside the room, but very dejected. Well, you've gone outside, have you? It's all right. I'll close I, I, the door. I, I, I imagine he's been, like, pushing me out of the room, so just like, yeah, okay. Henry. Only an idiot shoves the smart people out of the room. No, we need access, and I'm sure you, you know why. Otherwise, you wouldn't be shoving so hard. So are we going to make this the easy way? Are we going to do this the hard way? You don't have to tell anyone that you've given us the keys. You can see that we took it from you. I can even give you a bruise which won't hurt too much, but will make it look like it has. So what do you say, Henry? Will you give us the keys? Will you let us find what we're looking for? He looks at you and his eyes are going like quite wide at this man who's just like invaded his space and threatening him. Um, no. No, I will not give up that book. I will not give I don't give up any of the books. That, that knowledge is too dangerous. Knowledge can be dangerous, especially if it gets into the wrong hands. I grant you that. But currently, as far as I understand it, it has already got into the wrong hands. And even worse hands are trying to get it again. So, Henry, I say this again. Even if it's so that you don't have to worry about it anymore. We're taking that book. Do you really want me to force this? Make me... Ooh, that'd be intimidation, that would. Make me an intimidation roll. No one ever wants to see my leech picks. Success. <laughs> I think I can't hurt that as you were, like, shoved out. I just kind of looked at Tim Sullivan, like... Huh? He looks at you, and... He sighs. Mm. The book was stolen. Why didn't you just say that beforehand? Hey. We could have saved sold so much time. Right, okay. Fine, fine. Book's been stolen. Can you show us where? I want to see if there's been anything left behind that we can follow. Any traces? Anything at all? Even if you just point in the right direction where they jumped out the window or whatnot. Just show us. We can't help the fact that you've been robbed or anything like that. I'm not going to hold you against it. Just show us where it would have been. And let's take a look around. How about that? It was... We don't know how they got in. They left no trace. <laughs> it's almost like they just appeared and... But please... I'm, I need to finish my work. If you can find the, if you can find the, if you find the book, by all means. Henry, I want to see where that book was. I now take it as what it comes down to. It is becoming now morbid curiosity. Why on earth you will not let us even take a look at where it should be positioned? 
let alone anything else. That's not the only book of that kind in that in that section. Then come with us and make sure we don't touch anything else. We're only interested in one damn thing. I don't care less what you got in there. And you might be able to tell that I'm not leaving until this happens. Do you understand, Henry? Either give us the keys or come down with us. I don't care which one it is. He sighs and um, very well to feel get you out of here all the quicker. And he like take, opens up his drawer and pulls out this big like set of iron keys. And there's other like charms on there as well. There's like a um, what looks like a branch with some leaves coming from it. There's like a star on there with um, some sort of eye in the middle of it. On your own head be it. And he Thank you for your cooperation. And he leads you and anybody else who wishes to come with you. Most assuredly. Yeah, yeah. God. Yes. You seem to know this place better than you do. Best come along. And he leads you, he leads you um, down through a darkened part of the library, down some steps to this huge steel door. Almost like a bank vault type of door. Several locks on it, and he opens the locks with a key. You can hear it creaking open that no one comes in here very often. And he stops and he just like lights it, he just like um, takes a lantern. And it's like this big, like dark area, there's like very little light in there. You just like you just like feel the weight of all these ancient books all around you. Mm. He leads you through these shelves. You see like dust coming up from your feet as you walk. And he leads you to like, almost like a plinth or a glass case. You see several of them dotted around, but this one particular, this one's empty. And you can see like where the dust has gathered on the, on the empty, on the empty <clears throat> plinth. It was here, this is where it was. Did anyone walk up to that plinth afterwards? Has it been spotted or has there been any chance that perhaps it hasn't been so disturbed in the dirt, in the dust, going up to it that we might have something to follow? Or have you and your glot been running around when it came down to you notice it been missing? I am the only one who has a key to this, to this right. part of the building. Did you go up to the plinth afterwards? You when saw it was missing. I saw it was missing. I went, you... up to, I went to the plinth, but there was no... The dust around it was undisturbed. Right, okay. It's almost as if something materialised in here and took it. I would like to take a good, long look around, being very careful to try and find anything that does not seem like it should be there, or anything which is out of place. Crime Make scene me a... photography. Crime scene photography, yes. Make me a spot hidden roll. Both of you make. In fact, everybody, everybody, everybody in there, make me a spot hidden roll. That's everybody except Flint, because Flint is still guarding the door. I put all okay. into photography. I can make me use my regular human meat eyes. Give me two specs. I'm gonna feed the cat. I'll still be able to hear. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, this thing turned out too good. I rolled less than ninety so far. Oh, that's I a fumble as well. The library use. That's a, that's a that's a fumble git. That's a fumble Gideon as well. Oh, good. Oh, right. 
No, you you pass, Tim. Oh, thank God, we've got Tim here. Gideon trips over um, some like you know part of shelving, and it's like the sound like echoes throughout the library. And Armage just like snaps his head around it and glares at you. Shh. Well, I'm going to have to show you my photos now. Uh, Tim, you're looking around like everybody else looking around. You don't see anything like like um, Professor Armitage said. The dust in here has been undisturbed. You don't see any footprints leading to, leading from. You don't mm. see any handprints on the shelves. It is as if something just like someone just like appeared in here and took it and then disappeared again. Are you satisfied mm. now? Armitage says to you. Are you satisfied now? Okay. Bucket flint. And I'll start sprinting right now. It thinks we can get in and out without worrying about bleeding doors. <laughs> and just bolt it. Is everybody else Someone following him? Energy, that one. He has, yes. Is anybody else following him? No. Yes. Let's walk. <laughs> at, at a more reasonable pace. Start heading back rather dejectedly to the hotel room. Henry, did you report this to the police? Uh, I tried, but you know the police around here are like yeah. they wouldn't. Mm. I'm sure half of them are in the pay of the mob anyway. That they are. <laughs> well. I'm a little busy with the maniac, but um, this, this, this will be an interesting little mystery. I'm sure we can come to the bottom of this at some point. Um, and Henry, take care of yourself, you know, leave the library. There is a world out there. <laughs> Just like um, makes his way back to his office and like shuts, slams the door shut and locks it. Um, the journey back to the hotel is somewhat energetic. Um, Demi, you arrive hmm. in the a bit of a, a bit of a puff, but um, um, you barge through the door, or do you just like no, 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 no? I hate that done. No, we've learned. I know who I've left in charge. There's a reason why I left him there. We've learned <laughs> maybe two lessons from Peru, and one of them is be careful when you open doors. And it was literally one of those bits of I know what he's most likely doing out there, of and course. basically. I'm going to be stood to the side of the door and making a call out. Flint, can you hear me? You hear a grunt. Hi, it's me. I'm going to open the door slow now so you can see for your own eyes. Hey. You hear a grunt and you hear the, like, click of the safety going off. Hey. <laughs> Here I come. Slowly twist the handle, slowly open the door. Hands up. Gets visual confirmation. You, you see him visibly relax a little bit. <laughs> and he's like, get in quick. That's something. Get in and close the door. Look, I have absolutely no idea what we're going against, but there is a chance, a chance that whatever these things, it might be another of these uh, supernatural things. I'm just like... Oh. Sick. We need someone... to be ready. We need to be ready because they might be able to come through without doors or windows, not even touching the floor by this team of things. 
I don't know what on earth they are. Hopefully the uh, smart bots would have figured that one out by the time they get back. But uh, we need to be on guard and looking from all angles. Because if they are out of the book, which they've already stolen, there's a chance they might be out there. Well, they might be out of this thing. Either that or they're already on their way to that farmhouse. Clint immediately trying to listen out for anything that sounds unusual or out of place. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't make you roll for this. You don't really hear anything. It just like sounds like a normal city to you. What would something passing through the floor sound like anyway? <laughs> well, you might get something like beforehand, like a little fizzle of a spell or whatever. I mean... <laughs> Or a menace, menacing guitar sting. It, it depends on whether it's supposed to go through it or not. I mean, you might get a scream if you weren't expecting it. <laughs> Very well. I know we're in a city, and god damn, I hate these things. I think we share the watches like old days. Sounds like a plan to me. Hopefully, they're looking out the window and just think, I didn't what run else? off that fast. What the devil are the rest of them? What else did you find out? Well, apparently the, they've got a bit more information on it. I didn't stop long enough to find out. The uh, director there was trying to hold back some information from us. So of course we got that one out of him. But it turned out that the book which we were looking for, that the uh, Vermeus uh, the Mysteri, uh, that has gone missing. Someone came in and stole it. They stole it in a dust-filled area without leaving a single footprint. Without making any sign of how they've gained entry. Not touched the floor. Taken the item and disappeared. Oh. That spooks the life out of me. So I got out of there before I found out any more information but anything else. So if it's like last time, they'll be coming for that. Point into the box. I'm going to kill Jackson Elias next time I see him, dragging us into, into another mess. Well, he could have at least been here for this one. Aye. <sighs> right, I suppose we'd better wait for the others. Aye. And he goes Aye. back to guarding the door. <laughs> I did see him just from the window this time. After probably for anything. After about 20 minutes or so, the others, um, the rest of the party do turn up. Somewhat, somewhat more sedate pace than Denver's bolt through the streets. Right. Be ready, oh. Flynn. Try not to shoot him. I make no promises. <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> Just seen a stretch been redeemed? Yeah. Oh. I was feeling stiff. There we go. Good idea. Oh, Good choice. So, the night passes uneventfully. Um, I imagine Flint kicks um, Denver awake and, like, just of like course. all the times. In yep. the head, as always. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to stop taking second watch. Jeez. <laughs> The next day dawns. This is the third of August. Um, what's your What's your plans for today? You've exhausted mm. all the avenues of investigation here. Pretty much. Oh no, there's one. There's one thing you haven't you haven't followed up yet though. 
you want to well, spend some time doing that? Uh, all right, smart ones. Get in, we would need the translations done by the recently deceased Ms. Flipping through diary pages. Was it Mariam? Marion Allen, it's a man. Man's name. Ah, Marian. I did not know that was a unisex name. I didn't know that either Allen. until I read this. It's, it's, an, old name. it's yeah. an old name. If you wish to, you can try and find out some more about his death. I think that would be a good idea, mm. because that's the bit of the book that we actually need. I was... Might I make a suggestion as well? Unless you already have this information, which is a chance. There's a chance. But, uh... Would there be any way that we could find out about mythological creatures which might be able to magically... Enter and leave places without a single trace. Yeah. We've come across some of these odd creatures before, and there's a good chance that we might have just come across another one now. There's always ghosts, vampires, Santa Claus. Yes, but for some reason I don't think Jolly Red's doing this one. Uh... I wouldn't put it past him. Isn't he he takes the presents from Christmas. <laughs> Marion sure? Allen was killed in New Orleans. I don't know... How you're hoping uh, to get more information about that? Are you no. sure you're not confusing Santa Claus with Krampus? Is it I... possible that his effects were still in this city? Maybe, maybe his relatives here that have some of his old notes. Um, There's got to be something around here, right? It's I think you're, you're kind of right when it comes down to it, which is probably. Uh, once again, split. Take a look for information wherever we might be able to find it. We need whatever ammo we can have against whatever this thing is. Um, Flint, make me an idea roll, please. An idea is that just I intelligence? Just an intelligence, idea intelligence. intelligence is, nice. is, the, is the name for it. Is a skill for it, but it's called an idea roll. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All this oh, talk wow. about this nice. talk about Devermis Mysterious and where it could be, it sparked some memory. The letter that um, was at the top of the box. Top of the box. Hang on. Let me just find that again. Uh, the letter from Merriweather, is that it? Didn't you say that there was a copy of the book still in the chat? Or am I making that up? The translations are still at the house. Yes. Right. The elf is gone, but the notes on the translation is still there. Oh, that's perfect. Then we can just, yeah, let's, let's go invade some yes, private property. Let's find out more yeah. about uh, Marion Loki. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, he died 40. Like, nearly 50 years ago. Am I getting that right? 1923. We can be confident at least that he stopped smelling. Yeah, he, he died 46 years ago. Um, I don't know how useful it's going to be. 
Look, Mets, you're a newcomer to this group. We've all worked together. You know? And yes, you are valued, but we have experience. You, you're going to find little bits of information where you don't expect it. I mean, to be fair, this is the first time we, we have done this one other time. That is mm-hmm. not the hugest amount of experience, all things considered. I would not put that on my on my Mr. Sure. Hunter's CV. <laughs> Any experience is better than no experience, my friend. You're not getting one of my Jaguar pelts. <laughs> that might be the cruelest thing anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> well, the day's still early. We'll see how things carry on. So if you want to look into... Yeah. If you want to look into uh, Marion Allen's death, you can either try and visit the police station or visit the newspaper, local newspaper. Let's super quick see if they've got an obituary or anything there. And if not, let's go to the farmhouse. Uh, by then, it'll be noon, which is the least spooky time to do an exorcism. We'll be fine. <laughs> that would be the point. So, where, where are you heading? You'll be able to see everything. Where are you heading to? Sorry. Newspaper place, okay. Called. The Arkham Advertiser. This is. There we go. Um, you're you and en- you enter and um, Gideon, you can charm your way past the um, receptionist. <coughs> I would up love to. to up to the up to the editor up to the editors. You pass through like this um, room. It's like typing, just like massive typing everywhere. To an office at the far end, and it's like full of smoke. Someone's like editor, like big fella, like you know, with a cigar. I can't remember what his name. I don't think I gave him a name last time. Um, but um, he says, Mr. Um, Jameson. Yeah, Mr. Jameson. We'll go with that, Mr. Jameson. Um, <clears throat> yes. What is it? Sorry. Yes. Time is money. I'm, I've got the evening edition. I've got the evening edition to set up. Yes. What? What do you want? Gideon Faust, a photography pioneer. I was hoping to get access to your archives for purposes of research. Archives. Archives. What? What do you want to find out down there? Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to keep her things a little bit close to my chest. I was looking to the death of an academic around these parts. I was hoping to uh, write some uh, small piece that I'm certain I could credit you in. Hmm. Thanks, about. You say you're a photographer? A pioneer in the field, sir. You get me some good photos, and I'll let you see the archive. Just name the subject. Spider oh. Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so- so somebody crawling across a building. How? How? No, that's ridiculous. That could never happen. Um, <laughs> <That's a stupid laughs> you, you, you find something unusual. You find something unusual, and if it's good, I'll buy it from you. And oh, if it's good, we'll have a... <laughs> I can absolutely facilitate that, sir. And they got to be good. They got to be good. Oh, where's my um? There is. They got to be good quality photos. I don't want anything fake. They got to be clear and distinct. Understand? Oh, um, I'll do my very best, sir. Right. <laughs> Madeline! Straining away. Madeline! Madeline, get in here! The receptionist from below downstairs comes in. Yes, yes, sir. Take this man and his friends down to the archives. They want to look up some information. Remember what I said? Good, clear photos. Just you wait. And he, um, and Madeline, the receptionist, leads you all down to the to the archives or the morgue as they call it it's like this musty you can smell like musty paper ink yes we're here and um what are you looking for exactly obituaries 
uh, going back some 40 years. Oh, anything in particular? Um, do you have a year? Um, there's a lot of here. Would have been, oh, what was the exact year of his death? Uh, 1877, August. <clears throat> Ah, uh, yes, 1877. And she, like, looks through the box and she gets this box of um, clippings and files and papers, 1877, and looks through and goes, um, I've got some police reports from 1877. Would that be what you're looking for? Uh, anything about a uh, carriage crash? No, no. Mm. Why don't you have a look yourself? And she hands across some police reports to you, Gideon. Thank you so very much. New Orleans Police Department Statement of Corman Howard Patrol Officer entered Tuesday, August 14th, 1877. I was on my assigned route through the docks and warehouse quarter, nearing the Gulf and Panama docks at 5.47am, when I saw a sign of a person lying among some shipping crates. I first thought that it was a vagrant asleep, as I moved closer to rouse the subject, I then saw bloodstains. On closer inspection, the victim was dead, lying on his back, arms splayed. His chest was opened up, with the full contents visible, ribs opened. The head was thrown back, mouth open. Since there was mm. obviously nothing I could do to help the victim, I hurried to the nearest adjacent beach, where I knew I could find Officer Wood. I told him what I found, and instructed him to get assistance. I would go back and secure the crime scene. When I got back, some dock workers had gathered around, and one was endeavouring to go through the victim's pockets. I stopped him and had the men move away from the body. I then inspected the man to make sure nothing was taken, mm. and this time it was light enough to see details more clearly, and I saw the mark on the victim's forehead. It was a symbol of unknown origin carved into his skin, as if with a sharp penknife or similar weapon. I found a tarpaulin nearby, which I carefully laid across the victim until the detectives could arrive on the scene. Follows the statement of Warren Harold, detective, entered that same Tuesday. I was assigned to the case and immediately went to the scene to gather information. Officer Coleman was present, keeping the dark workers back from the scene. He informed me that while he was getting assistance, one of the workers had started to rifle through the victim's pockets. He said he'd searched the man, but it appears no items were stolen. I found the victim's wallet still in his jacket pocket, identifying him as Marion Marcus Allen of Arkham, Massachusetts. No money was found in the wallet or anywhere else about him. The victim's head had characters carved into it, bone was visible. The mouth was opened, and could see no sign of tongue, which would have been severed and removed man's ribcage had been torn open and organs had been cut or mutilated in some manner. I requested the medical examiner verify the placement and count of all internal organs. There were some footprints around the body, all on the side facing the opening, the pile of crates. There was some blood dried on the body and ground, but not enough to fit with the wounds. I surmised that the killing happened elsewhere and the body was placed at the docks afterward. And there's also a report from the medical examiner. Same again, Patrick? Absolutely, just blow my nose. 
<laughs> Office of the Medical Examiner for the State of Louisiana, City of New Orleans. Report by Dr. Wilbur Lawrence. The victim, Marion Marcus Allen, had been killed by a single powerful blade thrust to the bottom of the ribcage, cutting upwards as to separate the ribs from the breastbone. Hands were then used to pry the ribcage apart. The tongue was cut out, likely while the victim was dying. There was a symbol of unknown origin carved into the skin of the forehead. Cuts were deep enough to etch the symbol into the skull. Victim's liver and heart were missing. Both organs were removed with a sharp blade, though the procedure was crude. Police corroborate that no evidence of the missing organs was found at the scene. Abrasions <coughs> the wrists and legs indicate that the victim was tied up and beaten before death. And what Madeline says, is that what you're you looking for? No, but it... Well, I suppose yes. Yes, this must be it. Yes, this will be very valuable. Thank you very much. And she just, like, without a further word, she, like, leads you out the morgue and you find yourself dumped back out on the street. Can I think of any... That was the newspaper, wasn't it? (laughs) Can I think of any, um, you know, in my occult studies, Anything that lines up with this, you know, have I heard of killings like that before? Or yes, make me. I'm going to ask for a hard roll. Okay. <clears throat> That's a hard Okay, attack. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of something similar in um, cults based in Africa. Okay. Similar sort of mutilation of the body, especially involving this the tongue and North Africa of an Egyptological nature. Not Egypt, no. Yeah. Not heard it in connection with Egypt. Okay. If hmm. you wanted, if you wanted, to, if you had to hazard a guess from what you remember, it's a hard success. You think more like Kenya. Yeah, it reminds me vaguely of um, sort of Eastern African practices, you know, Kenya, that part of of the world. Huh. He must have caused some quite broad offence. Yes, well, in New Orleans, you get uh, a lot of these sort of, um, you know, people continue to worship. African gods and so on. I'm certain Kenya has come before. I can, um, as a keeper, I can say that the characters don't know about Kenya, but this is some of the information I gave you at the end of the last session as players, mm-hmm. but your characters uh, don't know. Yeah. This is why I never listen when uh, you tell me things out of character. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> never mind then. Right. Don't know about you, but I want to go over to that police station. Why? I kind of want to know what those symbols look like. That does sound like a good plan. My dear Mm -hmm. friend Denver, I very much fear that if you ever set foot inside a police station, you will never leave it. (laughs) (laughs) I have you know that I'm rather well liked in those establishments. Something about keeping law and order. Uh, Faust, as well, when you uh, go take the 
anxious to this Jameson bloke. Take me with you. You might need a. Uh, you might need some convincing. Need to see oh, the photos first. <laughs> my word speaks for themselves. I'm sure it does, but at the same time, we all know that you've got poo-pooed on by other professionals in your field. Those were starched academics. This is a working man with a much more open and practical mind. I'd still like to be there. If only so you can snigger, no doubt. No, I was willing to back you up, but now I might snigger. Well, either way, I'll be glad of your company. Give me a moment. So you head to the police station, and um, Sergeant Bryce, I think, probably Mets might recognise him. Just like he does, he he does some patrols. Like the university is on his beat, but tonight he's that he's on the desk, and he looks up and goes. You're one of them university bods, aren't you? No students here, are there? What do you want? I, I graduated. This like looks at you like a bit <sighs> oddly. Takes a step Look, back. You don't seem convinced, mister. It looks at you and it's like, I kind of like taken aback a bit at the hood you're wearing goes. Well, well, what have we here then? Who, what, what do you want? Have My I friend just to... wants some information. Uh, do your job and give it to him. Oh, for God's sake, will you stop intimidating the person trying to... He's just doing his job. Will you go against people doing... The... Oh. You'll have to excuse me, friend. Hasn't really got too many good manners by the scenes of things. At which point, Flint, like, wipes his arm across his nose and kind of spits on the floor. <laughs> He's a good soul when you get him a few drinks in him, though, I'll tell you that much. Anyway, what we... He was trying to not so kindly ask is we were wondering if we might be able to get some information on a uh, particular event that happened August 14th, 1877. That seems a bit long time ago. Can I ask what, the, what, you, want to, what you want to know this for? Well, we have uh, the experience dealing with some kind of cult-like activities in the past and have been called on suspicion of things which might be happening around now. We're more doing little investigations, trying to find out bits and pieces, and we just, we have a half an inkling that it might be involved. We read the uh, police reports, apparently there were some symbols that were carved into the, the victim's head, and... It's gone our curiosity. We can't help but believe that maybe it happens to have some kind of cult activity there, and if so, it's a part of his history, and we'd like to, uh, well, we'd like to have that on our information before we carry on forth. As you're saying this, can everybody else make me psychology rolls, please? Mm-hmm. Gonna see how battered, uh, how battered Denver's brain really is. <laughs> oh wow! Oh dear! Come, yes. Gideon, you're just like. Uh... 
Oh dear God! You can spend a point. You can spend luck on that. You can, if you want to, you can spend luck yeah. to pass it. Don't forget. I do not have seventy-five luck. Okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 however, will spend five luck to make mine a success. Okay. I forgot um, luck existed. At, at what yeah. point do I start taking sanity rolls from rolling all these failures? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll use one luck. Um, Professor Metz and Tim Sullivan, you look at the sergeant. You look at the sergeant as um, Denver is spouting all this. He's looking at Denver like Denver's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I can't be doing the same. <laughs> I see, sir. And um, have you told anybody else about this? Um, theory of yours? Well, we've been brought around and we've been investigating over at the library to see if we can find any particular information. As you do, obviously you go for the people who are the most wise. But uh, as for the seeking the actual cult side of things, not so much yet. We're still in the early days of this investigation and we're trying to come across with anything that might seem along those lines. We've heard of some mysterious deaths that seem to happen around the same time, and we're rather concerned that they seem to be all connected along the same sort of line. I mean, I've come from wars and such like that before, and I believe that when it comes down to it, it's far better to get on top of these sort of things and nip them in the bud. These cultists, they can be rather uncouth. They go against the law. They do whatever they like. And it usually means that they go around slaughtering so many. And you hear about them catching so many innocent people, convincing them over to their ways, torturing them, killing them. Again, he's looking like them. he's looking like he's about to call for backup. Look, is anybody else, would, would, would anybody else like, would anybody else like to chip in at this point before things get any worse? <laughs> oh, actually, no. Um, Denver, make me a um, persuade roll. Actually, while you're at I, it, let's, I would let's, love let's to say... help, but apparently I'm just staring into the middle of this. Oh thing. dear God, this yeah. is not going to be good. <laughs> I just want to see how bad it goes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna bang you up in the cells, but he's looking like you know he's going to try and forcibly eject you from the from the station. Unless anybody else um, anybody else wants to um, say anything, add add to. The... I'd love to, but alas... You can. I can say you can. You can. Yep. <laughs> okay, sure, fine. Uh, oh, uh, officer, my friend here, he's uh, gotten quite deep into the specific subject matter of research. You know how these older academic types can get. <laughs> All we're looking for is access to information that is already publicly available. Just a quick perusal of your uh, records on one or two cases. We won't bother you or the general running of the station. We'll be in and out in maybe two hours, and we'll say no more about this. How about that? Um, make me your choice, persuasion or charm. I'm stupid good at both of those, so I'll pick charm, just so it has the smallest margin of error. <laughs> Very nice, hard. That's it. That's what you want. That's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Um, I feel like this probably just turning up. What do you mean, older academic? 
he got an extreme on the first one as well. I'll take the first one. Um, he looks at you and he's like, you know, he knows. He's like pleased to see someone saying a bit of reasoning as well. If what you say is um, true and it's public knowledge. Um, I don't see any harm. Um, do you have any details what it exactly is that you're looking for? Uh, the specific details are of uh, an, a case that didn't actually take part in this jurisdiction. It is a uh, police report from New Orleans. We were hoping that uh, that we there are a few details that uh, were available that weren't present in the report that was lodged with the uh, that was published in the paper here. Hmm. It was in eighteen August eighteen seventy seven. August fourteen. Tuesday, August fourteenth, eighteen seventy seven. Take that from an old academic. You see, he's, kind of like side glances at about these things. Side glances at Denver and um, wait here, please, sir. And he like leaves through the you know door back into the station, and another policeman comes out. He doesn't say anything. He just like looks at you, just like so that he's manning the desk. After about say half an hour. Of this uncomfortable, awkward silence, Sergeant um, Bryce comes back with a folder, Manila folder. He opens it up. Um, police report. It was quite a grisly case. This was, um, and he like shows it to you. And you see the police report, same police reports you saw, copies of the police reports you saw at the newspaper morgue. But you also see this. Oh, that's perfect. That's what I was talking about. That's what we wanted to see. No need to be quite so enthusiastic, Professor. <laughs> Can I go see if I know what it is? Um, yeah, make me an occult roll. Is it definitely occult? Would you like to try Cthulhu Mythos? I'm like, I can bust out theology. <laughs> Do you like to try Cthulhu Mythos? Uh, regular success. Uh, I, I will spend luck if a hard success would make it. Better. Actually, anybody who has Cthulhu Mythos can just try it just for, to see if they get it. Uh, oh, you know what? I've got two points at Swerf for the try. Why did I try when I had one point? Listen, that one point in a hundred sometimes crops up. Sadly not. Um, Professor Metz, do you recognise this? This does tie up with what you realised before about this ancient African cult. This was a symbol that was associated with some of them. Mm -hmm. You get a name comes into your mind. The Bloody Tongue. As I suspected, uh, this seems to be the work of the bloody tongue. What, uh, the what? An auspicious use of uh, 45 minutes of our time. Excellent. <laughs> now we have a, a name to put to our studies. Thank you so much, officer. You've greatly saved us time and effort. I'll be certain to make a note of this in my report to the dean, and <laughs> I bid you a good day. They say that. Uh, there you go. They say that uh, there are many predators in the world and very dangerous beasts. I fear man may be one of them. That That's what we're here for, sir, to keep the peace. Now, my... That's what we're here for, sir, to keep the peace. He's one of them. There's no need to fear about it. <laughs> <laughs>
Ay, ay, ay. Thanks a lot, officer. I'm just off a go. It is coming up to noon, so if there's anything further you wish to do here, or do you wish to start making your way out to Ross's corner? That's I'll give uh, Gideon out. a smack around the back of the head. Eat <laughs> <him> bleeding. <laughs> Listen, at a certain point, people are more likely to believe civility than genuine interest. Why did he have this go ahead tell them I'm one of the bleeding elders? What? I ain't that old. This is a university town, and I promise you, being an elderly academic excuses almost all social faux pas. Sure. You've probably got more than I do, Denver. Ugh. So? I think from what you told me of the uh, interrogation earlier, I would have been the bad cop and you would have been the good cop. <laughs> God, you try and do things civilly around there. You would have funny man. just mumbling to himself. <laughs> what would you is, like to... We know something horribly grisly. Would you like to do any, like, shopping for supplies before you head out? Like... Anything you think you might need? I um, would definitely be stocking up on ammunition. See you there. How rural is this place we're going? Uh, it's a farmhouse, basically. Mm. Yeah, he would be uh, making sure Loretta was in tip-top condition. Good, as good. far as we're aware about this... In regards to knowing this place, do we know if it's uh, is it a farmhouse which is out in the distance, or is it a farmhouse which is close to society to a degree? Information you have, Ross's Corners is a small village a few miles west of Arkham, and Boone Road, where the farmhouse is, is like a couple is like a couple of miles further on from that. So you're not that far away. A couple of miles away. Yeah. Couple of miles. That's yeah. good enough. Right, in which case, yeah. I'd be looking into getting ammunition and potentially, is there any chance I might be able to come across some form of explosive? Um, make me a luck roll, please, Denver Smith. I mean, this is America. Maybe they just sell them at the corner shop. Apparently not. Sadly not here. Uh, well, I'm all we'll have to do. No. Eckhart is going to. I imagine he probably has like a working relationship with the local like hippie store, uh, and he will buy some like sage and incense and <laughs> a reliable lighter. Um, not because he believes in any of this nonsense, but because he's following the wishes of a sick old man, and um, he is reasonably compassionate. <laughs> okay. Last point of order before we're going to to wind this session down. We are going to continue this because I'm loving this and I think we're really getting stuck into it. Um, How would you get to Ross's Corners? Would you travel by car, by bus? Whose car would you travel in? Does anybody Uh, have a car? Two cars. I I almost certainly own a car. I also probably own a car. For the sake that I'm from the other side, I've probably got something which I, I would probably either rent or something like that. I don't hold on to my own vehicles for too long. I like to change them out. We could take two cars. Okay. And something happened to one of them. Flint seems like the kind of guy who just emerged from the undergrowth and entered town. <laughs> and so, 
as our investigators load into two cars, drive out of Arkham towards Ross's Corners, the farmhouse, and who knows what, that's where we're going to leave our session for this evening. And as usual, we'll go around and find out our stars and wishes from this evening. And we'll start with Kieran. Okay. Um, a star I, I did enjoy um, the varying levels of success that we had with Henry Armitage. That was fun. Um, and a wish. I don't know. I think um, it'll be very interesting in the next one to see how uh, Eckhart sort of reacts to the way things are likely to go. I'm very curious to see how that turns out. Hmm. Uh, Robin? Um, I really liked uh, Denver's uh, intimidation of the guy. Um, I think Ben's got a really good intimidation voice. having said that I do think that uh, if Flint had been there too Denver would have been the good cop (laughs) maybe we can try that one out next time (laughs) Um, wishes um, I don't know uh... oh god uh, that's a hard one Um, more I think is probably the best thing. <laughs> Brian. Oh, uh, to start with, finally being able to put my knowledge of Egyptian yeah. history to use. I did enjoy that. That that fits so well with your character. That was just amazing. That was that whole thing was amazing. That was genuinely super interesting. It actually made it way way cooler. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Edward Beatty. He. Might be an Egyptologist too, but with uh, Tim Sullivan, <laughs> l- the knowledge has finally come out. <laughs> that was that was really good, actually. That was really cool. I, I did enjoy that so much. Um, any wishes? Um, to know what the hell is going on with that anachronism. Third Dynasty, I... Middle Kingdom. What the hell? I think it's just. I think it's just like the way they wrote it. The way they wrote it in the book. I wouldn't read too much into that, <laughs> unless <laughs> unless something else is going on behind the scenes. Time <laughs> um, Ben. Yeah, it's already been said, but the intimidation scene was that was brilliant. I like that. <laughs> but those worlds are getting into a lot of different role play with everyone. <laughs> As always, my favourite interaction is always being able to do as much of that as possible. For the sake of wishes, I just wish that I had more stats and better points. But, you know, that will come. That'll come. <laughs> hopefully hopefully that will come. And Patrick? Uh, stars, I especially enjoyed the highs and lows of catastrophically failing and extremely succeeding to be persuasive <laughs> and charming. <laughs> I haven't been able to speak English for the first part of this campaign, so I'm very excited to actually be able to use the two highest skills on Vicarity. <clears throat> Brilliant. Uh, and... For wishes, 
I think on the way to the house next session, I'd love to be able to have a quick chat with the uh, just sort of while it's very nice you know, going along with this these eccentricities. Maybe he, he should prepare himself emotionally and pack a vomit bag or something. <laughs> I very much look forward to that discussion. For myself, I like I enjoyed the scene in the police station <laughs> um, with Denver. Like, with Denver, it's like you know, going on and on and on, sounding more and more and more like a raving lunatic, and um, Patrick just saying, "Yeah, he's an, he's like a professor at the university. Don't mind him." <laughs> that was amazing. Um, wishes. Not a whole lot really for this one because um, I say this is normally time to be like a one to two session like it can be a one shot but um you guys really got stuck into the whole like investigation side of it you uncovered all the information up to this up to this point you uncovered all the information um i just really want to see what happens next time i mean i know this i know the story of what happens next time but i want to see how you guys what you guys do next time and how you react to what happens next time i'm so looking forward to that it's gonna be great <laughs> mm-hmm. it'll be alive Keep an eye out for when that next one will be. I'm hoping before the end of the month. I think we have a date in mind. Um, possibly 23rd of August, I think we said. So, fingers crossed. We ought to finish it then. Mm-hmm. We'll see what... We'll do, continue this journey <clears> next <throat> time. You have been listening to Masks of Nyarlathotep, a Final Boss Fight audio podcast with Ben the Questgiver as Denver Smith, Kieran as Dr. Reinhardt Bauer, Brian Croy Dragon as Tim Sullivan, Robin as Flintlock, and Patrick as Gideon Faust. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review. This episode was originally broadcast on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Final Boss Fight Live. We stream this and other games and campaigns every month with video replays on YouTube and an active Discord community. For further details, visit our website finalbossfights.co.uk. Until next time, take up your sword and let's take this final boss down together. <laughs>